it was Whole Foods. We're going to move to California. We're going to go to Palo Alto. It's just outside of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Great. I'm going to live in San Francisco. I mean, never been here. I had, I had went to visit a friend in LA a couple of times uh, with my buddy Russ. Uh, the two of us had driven across cross country to go visit our friend. So I'm like, oh, California is really cool. Mm -hmm. Of course, I didn't really know anything about Northern California. And then I got here and I'm like, Palo Alto is nowhere close to Francisco. <laughs> that was Cheese Plus owner Ray Bear. I'm Jeff. Welcome to Storied San Francisco, a weekly podcast where San Franciscans from all walks of life share their stories and you get to know your neighbors. In this podcast, Ray traces his story back to his grandparents' farm in Kansas, where he spent several summers when he was a kid. He would return for the school year in Dallas, where, as a teenager, he wound up selling car stereos. That gig brought him to Austin, where he ended up playing in a band and working at Whole Foods. And, years later, that job at Whole Foods led him to the Bay Area. Here's Ray. My family um, were farmers. So both my parents came from Kansas. Um, Where from Kansas? Kansas. Southern, uh, okay. they, between uh, our Kansas City and Independence in the southern part of the, the state, above Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. And I was very fortunate um, as a kid, my great grandparents had a farm and uh, they had a cattle farm and they raised feed crops. So literally Friday afternoon, the last day of, of the school year, my parents would take my brother and I up to Kansas and they would bring us back <laughs> three months later after the summer break was over. Wow. And so I got to live on the farm and then kind of shuttled back and forth between my great grandparents uh, who had the farm uh, and my both of sets of my grandparents um, who lived, uh, you know, in, you know, uh, relatively close communities. Um, so I had a really, you know, interesting um, opportunity uh, to do that. So our family were all farmers, but so they, you know, gone in a, you know, they weren't scholars uh, anymore, <laughs> they'd gone in a different direction. Okay. And so I got to grow up with this unique, um, very unique time in the early 70s, mid 70s, um, rural America, um, and then go back home to Dallas uh, to go to school in a big city with, you know, you know, all the cool stuff that a big city has. Mm. Um, and uh, so it was a really very interesting um, sort of dichotomy of sorts of, of two ways of living. I have an older brother who's about five years older than me. So he, he was old enough that he could work, you know, a lot of uh, actually in the fields and do a lot of those things. Mm -hmm. But I was too little to do a lot of those things. <clears throat> so I ended up spending a lot of time with my great grandmother. Okay. And, you know, uh, so my sort of passion for food and my knowledge about food really started there. Okay. Uh, we would go out and get eggs, you know, from the hen house. Uh, yeah. We would go fishing in the creek and catch fish and cook them for lunch. Uh, she taught me how to slaughter animals and make berry preserves that we would go pick ourselves. We had a garden and mm -hmm. I just loved it. You know, I yeah. loved, you know, you know, 
she was just so cool, right? And she was so old and wrinkly for a little kid like me, you know? But of course she spoiled me, you know? Yeah. So I just loved being out there and would go out with my uh, great grandpa at night and we'd go out back down the behind the house to the creek and we'd take a bar of soap and a towel and that's where we would take our bass and right. things like that. Right. So, and you'd go up to the, to the check stand at these old grocery stores and um, there'd be three checkbooks on the counter because there were three main banks in that community. Right. And you just filled out your own name. Oh so God. it was just a very different way. Of, yeah. Know, very different time and place. And then you'd go, you know, back to, back home to Dallas and, you know, uh, freeways and, and people and tall buildings and, you know, all this other stuff. And, and actually paying for shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Having to pay for stuff, you know, and you're like, but yeah, it was a great, it was a great, uh, it was a great way of, of growing up, I think, you know, and I think we're all probably fairly nostalgic about our childhood and how <clears throat> the world was, you know, um, 50 years ago or 45 years ago for somebody my age, you know, mm -hmm. from, 40, 40, 45 years ago, just a different type of world. So we were, we were a working class, lower middle class, upper poor class of family. An agrarian. Um, when I was, when I was a kid, I never went on vacation. I mm -hmm. never, ever, uh, I took one trip on an airplane when I was a kid to visit my grandparents who had moved to Oregon. Okay. I was actually born in Oregon. Oh. So my parents lived there for a very brief period of time. They left Kansas. They went to Oregon when I was, uh, uh, when I was uh, either conceived there or, you know, I was born there, right? Right. And then they moved from, they left Oregon, but they went there because my grandparents, my father's uh, parents were there working. Okay. My father hated Oregon. Oregon. It, hmm. was, uh, it was Southern Oregon on the coast okay. uh, in a town called uh, Gold Beach. Okay. And uh, he hated the weather. Hmm. Uh, foggy, it was rainy. Foggy. Yeah. yeah. Very much probably like it is here. Yeah. A lot more rainy there uh, yeah. where it was, I think. Um, and so he was disillusioned. And actually, my parents, my father was. Uh, my father had a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. He had a lot of jobs. And so his satisfaction as an employee was always a, in, uh, a topic of conversation. Okay. I remember as a child. So, yeah. um, so he, so then, but I was baby, so I don't remember anything about Oregon. And again, that was a vacation, but it was really about going to see grandma and grandpa. Right. So every trip we took was to see the grandparents. Yeah, I think I was just the, you know, I was the sort of the independent one um, in the family. My brother, um, he liked to stay closer to home and he actually still lives in the Dallas area right. um, um, to this day. And um, so my first uh, venture out was to move from Dallas to Austin. Mm -hmm. And um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting story. So what year would that have been? 1984. Okay. I think it was, I graduated in 1983 from high school and I started going to 
community college, um, I, I, I was a really good student at a number of, in a number of areas, and I was a horrific, uh, I had truancy issues. Okay. I, I couldn't get to class until yeah. noon. Right. So those those last periods of the day, science, I was really good at. You know, <laughs> English, I was very good at. You know, by virtue of showing up. But you know, mathematics was first thing in the morning. Oh no! And yeah. I actually um, uh, didn't do well. Had to take basic arithmetic two years in a row, and summer school to to get my um, to graduate. Which for us in Texas was it like? Was like at least there's air conditioning. Yeah, at least there was air conditioning. Well, the irony of that, the absolute irony, is that I'm a math whiz. But I had this really great counselor, and I think a lot of us maybe had similar experiences. And she was really sweet. I cannot remember her name, but I do remember that she had a fear of driving over bridges. <laughs> and she, we were we were on some sort of a trip and she was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. We're going over a bridge. We're going over a bridge. And I was, I didn't really understand what that meant, you know, but anyway, she really, she was very, very helpful. She got me some sort of a uh, scholarship of sorts hmm. to Texas Christian university. TCU in Fort yeah. Worth. Yep. And, uh, but then I was like, <clears throat> I don't think I want to go there. I don't think this is quite what I want to do, you know, because I was like, I'm not really, you know, I don't really want to, um, you know, I was like rebellious. I'm like, yeah. screw religion. I'm not going to a religious school, you know, kind yeah. of, that was sort of my attitude. So I, so I went to community college. My parents were like, just stay at home and go to community college. And, you know, and, you know, like I said, neither of my parents had a, a college education so there would never was any training for going to a university or right. any there wasn't any of that um, with my parents um, I I'll, I'll relate the story so I watched this movie last night and this relates to what story I'm gonna tell you it was called American honey I don't know oh. if you've heard of this <clears throat> I haven't seen it my fiance has we were just talking about it yesterday Sasha Lane, I think is her name. Yeah, and, yeah. and Shia LaBeouf, right? Yes. In there. And so the, the core of the story is that these kids are, there's a group of kids that come together, um, uh, young adults and teenagers, that are traveling in a, around selling magazines, okay. subscriptions, right? So they go to, you know, they do that. Well, so I took a job. My mother found this job for me because I was I I play the guitar and I wanted to be a musician and all these things. She saw this job posting in the at uh, in the newspaper. Still in Dallas. It's still in Dallas. And she okay. says, "Do you like?" It says, "You like money and music? <laughs> Apply here." Wow! Talk about low hanging fruit, <laughs> right? So she's like, "This is perfect for you. You should take this job." And what the job was was selling car stereos out the trunk of the car right oh my god same story what these kids are doing with these magazines right? right so i'm watching this thing last night and i'm fascinated so i was really good at it so i had to bring my guitar every day as collateral 
and then you know and then they would send you out with an inventory of goods and you'd go out to you know job sites and industrial parks and you'd be like hey i got a great deal for you guys you need an equalizer for your stereo now remember this is uh this is the uh early 80s, 80s. Yep. it's very different you know oh, yeah. and uh you you could you know you'd buy speakers and 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 stereo equipment for your car it was a big deal and the people who had those they, they were special not yeah, everyone they were special had them and everyone had them but well they were all crap right so right, they all right. broke all the time right. your car you had to put you know you put a tape in either whether it's an eight track or cassette and then you had to put a quarter in to make sure that it, you know it hit it, it, it would play right you'd have to you know you had to do these things a very different world back then right yeah and so i got really good at it i was you know whatever 18 and a half 19 years old and and uh charming energetic kid and uh slinging stereos yeah slinging those stereos so they so we'd have to go in every morning and and we'd do this juice get fired up kind of like routine where we do calisthenics and talk about how much money we're going to make yes. i swear to god you watch that movie you're going to see it it is absolutely what was happening they said we're we're going to go so this is in dallas we're going to go to austin we don't have a market in austin would anybody like to go and I'm like, ooh, 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 me, 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 me. I want to go. I want to go. And I had some friends from high school who were living down there that I'd stayed in touch with. And so I went down there um, for like a three or four day, you know, uh, you know, Austin, Dallas, it's like a what, three hour drive, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, went down there for a few days and busted completely. My winning streak was over. I couldn't sell anything. I had to borrow like $10 from, from the guys that we were sleeping, like four of us in a single like motel six room, just right. so that I could have a little bit of food, you know, and, wow. uh, to eat. But while I was there, I looked up my buddies. Okay. And they're like, dude, you got to move down here, you know? So, uh, so went home and I said to my parents, all right, I'm out. I'm going to quit school. I'm going to move to Austin. I got a buddy who's got a room for me. I'm going to stay there. And, and uh, so made my way initially out of Dallas into Austin, um, where I lived for oh, four or five years before I came out to California. Yeah, that's the thing about Austin is it's had that draw, especially within the state of Texas. Yeah, it, it, as, I'm a little younger than you. I'm 46. As long as I can remember being alive. Yeah, back then. Uh, I paid, I think like $90 a month for my rent, you know, like everything was cheap. It was, you know, it was completely laid back, hotter than hell. You oh, yeah. know? So you're just forced to, you know, it's, you know, that Texas thing is, it's, it, it does kind of slow you down. But when you're, when you're in your early twenties and you have no money, you just kind of make time for yourself. I went back to school. I, I went to community college. I tried going to UT, that didn't go well for me. And then in the middle of it, I started working. Uh, I always worked when I was there somehow. Um, and uh, at some point, I think around 85 or 86, I started with Whole Foods Market. And this is when it was a very small store on uh, on Lamar, right in a little little shopping strip. There were five stores. Okay, uh, already five. at the time. Okay, there were three in Austin. There was one in Dallas and one in Houston when I started. Okay, and of course it was very independent. It was independently owned. It wasn't publicly traded. And, you know, right. Nothing like it was now. And it was a very different experience, you know. So this is sort of this, you know, now you're into the mid '80s. 
you still got this sort of, you know, down there, kind of this post hippie kind of experience, not exactly like it was in the nineties where, you know, being a hippie was certainly really cool. Right. You know, and we all had ponytails and, <laughs> and uh, you know, things like that, but um, kind of hippie grunge as it was at that time. But, um, but yeah, it was health a very, very different experience than health food. Was it what named? you think of whole foods today and uh you know just very very different i remember i remember it was some of the things that were really you know the personal interactions were one thing but there was some you know the rules right so like the rule book you know <laughs> the culture was you know you had to make sure that the clothes that you wore would cover up you know like your private parts right <laughs> literally that was kind of the code Minimum. You had to wear a, a name badge, but you didn't have to put your name on it. Mm. And that was like, that was pretty much it. I think maybe closed-toed shoes, maybe? Right, maybe. You know, I think I can't remember, but it was such an incestuous uh, working environment of <laughs> super passionate people. And that, that always was the thing that made that, companies so successful for so so long and probably still today is that the people who are just deeply deeply passionate about what they're doing whether that's the drive to push the natural food industry forward or the drive for uh, service and uh, but it, it, you know it you know I was the accidental grocer you know what I mean mm -hmm. this wasn't my life calling Mm -hmm. um, just sort of something I fell into and I and we were surrounded by other people just like us we were all kind of you know misfits for the lack of a better word that given some autonomy and um and some feedback which is what we really got a lot of like there was a lot of financial feedback about what we were doing there you know you could really take somebody who who didn't fit into other places who didn't have an education who could who could excel and the company today still is filled with people like that who never got an education did not mbas but whip smart about business and mm -hmm. and and relationships and commerce you know um and i had one one um friend in particular he was a couple of years older than me he taught me how to um bend the rules of life to get what you wanted a little okay. bit, right? All right. So, but he, uh, the big thing that he taught me, so he is a musician, I was a musician, and uh, you could take your Pell Grant money and take it to the, to the, to the music store and buy yourself a new guitar. Yes. You can buy yourself a keyboard. So the next thing you know, I'm like, getting all of this financial aid, uh, living in a place where I don't really need it necessarily. So suddenly we found ourselves in a band uh, and we were recording music in our little apartment that we were in. And, and we you play guitar, you said? Play the guitar and, and, the, and the keyboard, um, like a synthesizer. So I'm not a pianist or anything like that. So suddenly, you know, we're a synth pop band and we yes. have sort of the first early, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mac computers and um, you know with the tiny little screen and you know the, the classic little all-in-ones right mm -hmm. and uh, we're making music and 
in everybody's a musician in Austin or in right. Arkansas or something like that. And yes. so suddenly I'm like kind of going to school. I'm working a little bit. I'm making some money. I'm living life and I'm playing music and just having a good time. Uh, soon after that, I um, moved to California thinking yeah. that I was going to start up a band and uh, do all this stuff when I got here. But um, I, was that what attract was that what attracted you to come here or what? No, what it was, was job it? offer. So okay. it was job offer. It was it was Whole Foods. We're going to move to California. We're going to go to Palo Alto. It's just outside of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Great. I'm going to live in San Francisco. I mean, never been here. I had I had went to visit a friend in L.A. a couple of times uh, with my buddy Russ. Uh, the two of us had driven across cross country to go visit our friend. So I'm like, oh, California is really cool. Mm -hmm. and of course, I didn't really know anything about Northern California. And then I got here and I'm like, Palo Alto is nowhere close to yeah. Francisco. <laughs> you know? uh, and then, oh my God, California is really expensive. Mm -hmm. you know? And California is very different. You know, mm -hmm. wow, this, you know, and so there were, there was a posse of Texans that came out here um, from Houston, from Dallas, from Austin. For Whole Foods. For Whole Foods to open that mm -hmm. store. We just basically just pulled everybody from within the organization. Um, and um, what year would this have been? 1988. The okay. store opened, I believe, at the first part of 89. You know, the one day Gulf War? Yeah. I think that yeah. was the day we were supposed to open. Ah, okay. I remember we, we had some sort of speech with uh, one of the founders, Craig Weller. He was managing the store and he was one of the original founders of the company. And I vaguely remember something about this, the war happening. And, and, and I'm like, what war? What are you talking about? You know, but I think for him, um, you know, he's probably, you know, in his seventies now, um, you know, he's relating it to like, uh, to Vietnam or maybe even, you know, stories about his family from Korea or World War II or World War right. I or like that. So, right. you know, it was kind of, remember, I do kind of remember it, but, you know, I was a kid. I really wasn't paying attention to stuff sure. you know, kind of outside of my own initial periphery. So did you move to San Francisco or did you live somewhere down there? I lived, uh, I lived in, in uh, Sunnyvale at first. So okay. that's where I first landed. And so I stayed with some friends there. That's kind of uh, just northwest of San Jose, just, right? It's yeah, it is. It's south of it's south of Palo Alto. Kind of right um, where the peninsula begins. Yeah, it's 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 below um it's uh below Moffett Field. Right. Yeah, over there. So uh and then then, then I got into this really cool living situation in this Eichler in uh, Palo Alto and it was sweet. And there was okay. a bunch of us there and we had enchilada parties every weekend. Oh, you know, I mean, was, me I'm, oh, already, yeah. I'm already hungry talking with the owner of Cheese Plus. You can't just throw enchiladas in there. Well, we're homesick Texans <laughs> and I, you know, I still am a homesick Texan after all these years of Do living. you know about the site, Homesick Texan? Yeah. Yeah. I do, yeah. yeah. Palo Alto was, you know, yeah, it was just we're, great. There was a bunch of us together in this. Were your roommates all Whole Foods people? Yeah, we all worked together. Got it, okay. And there were various incarnations of relationships that came in and out of that living experience. It was real world Palo Alto. It was, right? it was the real world Palo Alto. <laughs> and um, we, we just had this great house and it was just, you know, it was very classic California. It was this Eichler house with a lemon tree in the backyard. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was just like this, this, you know, kind of really quintessential experience that we had there. Mm -hmm. um, 
and then uh, we, we we moved the party from Palo Alto to Berkeley. Okay. So a year later, the Berkeley Whole Foods opens. Ah. So this sort of core group of us, kind of a lot of people left that first year, but there was a core group of maybe a dozen that stayed. Uh, and we got the Berkeley store open. So then we moved from this Eichler to this beautiful uh, Berkeley craftsman, two-story, incredible house at that, you know, we were over uh, off the, uh, like, uh, Rock Ridge area, well, a little bit north, kind of, I don't, I can't remember the name of the neighborhood. Uh, it's, it's College and Alcatraz. So. Okay. I'm sure somebody will say, I, that's where I live and it's called something, but I can't remember the name of it because that was in 1990. So that was a while ago. So we basically moved the party over there and, um, you know, continue to uh, sort of perfect our craft as retailers and as uh, margarita makers. I was going to say par party animals. Uh, yeah, it was party animals. And so now, now you're in the 90s. And so the hippie kind of, the hippie grunge things is starting to take off. Mm -hmm. Eventually the party ended because we all got older and right. needed to either, you know, we needed to join the, 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 the greater society. Yeah, right. uh, and the thing is, I mean, it, it all goes back to work for me, right? I mean, I'm a working, I'm a worker. I've, mm -hmm. I've always worked. The only time I never worked was that I took, few months off from when I left my career at Whole Foods mm -hmm. and started Cheese Plus. Okay. And so all my friends are all workers. <clears throat> and so we all, it was all about work. And so at some point you realize like, I got a skill. I'm mm -hmm. really, you know, I can do something with this. And if I, and it, there was that pivotal moment, I remember because I was talking to my mother and I was like, yeah, I got to figure out what I'm doing with my life. And she's like, well, what have you been doing with your life? Right. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, you work for a killer company. They like you. Like you're going places like, you know, you don't need to go back to school. You don't need to change your career path. Just do what you're doing. Like you don't need to look over there. You don't need to look over look, there. You're already right here. Yeah, and that's yeah. when I realized, yeah, you know what? I am on the bus. I'm on the bus and I'm doing it. And I think a lot of us uh, that I worked with, um, a lot of us that, you know, we are still doing it, whether, you know, there's a few that stayed with the organization, most of them mm -hmm. left. And almost to a T, to a single person, we're all independent entrepreneurs. Do, okay. Some people doing yeah. food still? Or? Restaurants, retail shops, right. yes, right. record stores all kinds of different stuff, you know, um, uh, uh, marketing and design and PR and, you know, all these different pieces that they might've done within the organization or become a part of it. Some of them are, you know, real estate developers now for, for, uh, you know, commercial businesses because they got a taste of that, uh, while they were there. And so right. at some point we all had to get you know, like our careers in line and people started getting married. Some people were having kids and mm -hmm. uh, divorces and more kids yeah. more marriages and changing their identities and, you know, all these different things that were happening. And so, you know, kind of, I think, you know, it's a fairly typical story for a lot of folks of like your twenties, you have multiple personalities mm -hmm. to you, right? You're mm -hmm. a child, you're a student, you're a roommate, you're a friend, you're this and that. And then, 
then you're like, okay, my, my new identity is, you know, spouse or parent or boss or, you know, those types of things. So did you go straight from Berkeley Whole Foods to Cheese Plus or when did you, when did you actually move to San Francisco? Oh, I moved to San Francisco in proper. So I moved around the Bay Area. So I went from Berkeley to Mill Valley. Okay, bouncing around. Probably 93 or 94, I moved to San Francisco. That was Ray Bear. Join us again Thursday for part two, when Ray will talk about his move to San Francisco, different jobs he had at Whole Foods before the company went public, and how he left the company and opened Cheese Plus. Just a reminder that Cheese Plus is open during Shelter in Place, so please visit if you're able to. Music for Storied San Francisco is by Otis McDonald. Photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. The show is hosted and produced by me, Jeff Hunt. Our website is storiedsf.com, where you can browse more than 100 episodes and help support us by buying merch from our store. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. If that's Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please do us a quick favor and rate and review the show. And if you have any feedback or people you think should be on the podcast, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and stay safe. Thank you.